Alrighty. So, um, what are some of your experiences with the marine industry? How did you get to join the industry and like just your experience? Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, my experience is way back in time. Uh, I was uh, a kid like you way back in 1979, actually. That's uh, when I graduated out of school and uh, I got into engineering and I was uh, in my first year of engineering and I learned about this option of uh, being out to sea and it appeared that it was lucrative. It was a shorter duration in terms of the overall time requirement uh, in terms of graduating out of a engineering degree versus graduating out of a maritime program and that attracted me to the program and I joined up uh, since then so that was how I began and uh, I became an officer in 1983 and uh, from there on I became a captain in 1995 and I continued sailing till 2005 and then I started doing a lot of other things. So yeah, in a nutshell, uh, that's my seagoing experience. Uh, but in terms of life at sea, I would say that I've been fortunate to have sailed with some of the best crew. And uh, I sailed in some of the areas which were like, uh, I would say safe uh, and I, my experience at sea was, I would say, definitely uh, some of the best times that I have spent at, uh, in my life. So you clearly had a lot of experience being a leader, and there's like a misconception about uh, leadership that you're only a leader uh, when you have the rank. So how do you explain others that even if you don't have that rank, you're still a leader? You got to think like a leader. Okay, I, I believe leadership uh, is not uh, related to position. It is related to accountability and responsibility. And uh, if a person uh, feels responsible himself or herself, uh, the way to look at uh, the situation is, uh, whether you individually accept to be a leader. Uh, a lot of people do not want to accept that responsibility and they look forward to others to tell them what to do. Uh, and that's, uh, I guess, where people uh, kind of tend to look at leadership from that perspective. Uh, from what I have seen is that if you are if you are willing to accept that, that there is certain responsibility that is associated with leadership uh, and that goes irrespective of uh, the position uh, and that responsibility uh, when you accept that uh, you automatically accept leadership then um, again uh, when, when i look at it from a perspective of people who let's say who is a junior most position on board uh, and who probably is a cadet. And uh, 
will I say that the cadet, because uh, he or she is new, uh, cannot be a leader? I think that's wrong to assume because uh, the cadet is part of a team as well. Uh, and that team uh, may just lose the leader of the team. And there may be a situation where the, the cadet has to accept that responsibility and lead people. Uh, leading people does not necessarily mean giving orders and getting others to follow. Leadership is having the team work with you and work towards a common goal. Yeah. So that's what my thought on leadership is. Okay, and uh, with leadership, obviously trust um, on the vessel is one of the biggest things. Um, if, if your colleagues on the ship don't or, uh, trust you, um, obviously they won't see you as a leader. So how do you as a captain build trust and a culture that will follow you and work with you on board a vessel? Yeah, yeah good question. Uh, uh, trust is, uh, there is a trust deficit at all times. And particularly if you are going to be in an environment which is multinational and multicultural, which typically is uh, so on international ships. Uh, there is always a situation where uh, the trust could be uh, uh, not present simply because uh, of the fact that you may have people of different nationalities, their cultures are different, and uh, they may not uh, see you uh, being trustworthy to begin with. And the same thing goes uh, the other way. Uh, you may have certain prejudices and biases in your own mind uh, against certain nationalities, and uh, you may have uh, issues of uh, culture, uh, and that is one of them. The other could be uh, the very fact that uh, there is a typical divide on ships between the nautical and the engineering departments, uh, and that, I guess, uh, begins right uh, uh, from school. Uh, that That's a pretty normal and and uh, and, uh, and uh, yes it it's up to uh, a captain i would say uh, for him to ensure that uh, that trust deficit is removed uh, for me personally i think uh, one of the best ways for uh, or what i pursued on board the ships was to make sure that you come across as an approachable person. If you kind of draw a wall around yourself and you want to sit on your sit in your citadel all the day long and you expect people would just uh, do uh, things at your bidding, uh, then that's definitely not going to work. So you have yeah. to think like them. You have to at times work with them. And uh, I have never felt uh, uh, anything wary about getting my hands dirty, even as a captain, uh, if I could give a hand for some work. And those are the qualities that actually build trust. When a, when a person who was uh, probably the ordinary seaman or a motorman or a viper, uh, if the person sees uh, that, okay, this, you know, although he's a captain or a chief engineer, and that person is ready to give you a spanner uh, or a hand or whatever that you need in a moment uh, and is required if you could do that, then definitely those are the things that build a lot of trust uh, in the individual. 
And with trust, uh, support, uh, it goes parallel with it. So how do you build the culture of support as well with trust? Because a lot of times what happens is um, people, if they don't know something, they will either hide it, try to hide it, fake it, or maybe lie about it. And I think it's because of support. Right. Uh, See, from why people lie is uh, when people fear of the consequences. Yeah. Uh, if they have, if something has gone wrong and people f- fear that the consequences of their actions could be severe or uh, the actions could lead to a situation where they may have to uh, either pay a penalty for it or be reprimanded or maybe their actions are recorded. All of those things uh, kind of creates a fear in in individuals and where they may want to hide what they have, uh, if particularly the actions have been of a nature which could have created a problem. So uh, to build a culture of trust, uh, what is needed is that you have to ensure that people understand and realize that making a mistake is not criminal. Uh, Hiding it may lead to a situation which can cause, which can have consequences. Uh, When you're working on wardenship, it is extremely important for people to realize that the weakest link uh, in the chain could cause a major catastrophe on a ship. And uh, if people realize that, uh, then I guess people would realize that uh, hiding a mistake can actually be uh, not just harmful for the ship, it could actually lead to loss of life, it could lead to a lot of major uh, problems on board a ship. So uh, hiding a problem may appear uh, very small to an individual who may not totally realize uh, the overall uh, situation that it may create. So I guess the the thing that needs to be done is to advise people that uh, there is no reason for you to hide because when you hide, you may be hiding a bigger problem from uh, at which you're not aware of. Yeah. Um, So obviously migrating risk and planning for contingencies is one of the one of the most essential thing or essential things on a vessel. Obviously, you're always thinking of like what's the worst that can happen and how do I, how do I uh, approach approach that and how do I um, get around that? Or if this happens, what do I do? Um, So have you been given to approach um, scenarios where you think something might bad might happen and planning for, you know, your plan B or plan C? Right. So uh, uh, I think a lot of uh, focus has now shifted on the ships to a risk uh, mitigation strategy. And a risk assessment, uh, which was pretty much uh, an informal activity before, and uh, it used to be done more out of experience, has now changed to a formal activity, which is required by ship owners, ship managers, port state control, and whatever you have. And uh, risk assessment is actually based on factors which relate to the likelihood and uh, 
and the level of uh, hazard that a particular risk may create. And, and from that basis, a risk mitigation strategy is carried out, uh, looking at the controls that would have to be put in place to minimize the risk. So you have to either take away the likelihood or you have to reduce the risk of hazard. Either of the two things that you would have to work on to uh, reduce the risk. And that's done with the help of a plan. And that's how normally risk mitigation is carried out on board. So um, how would you gauge a test relevance from extremely important to not so important because you're doing a lot of things at the same time every day? There's maintenance, we're underway, navigation, chart work, uh, updating publications, paperwork. So how do you gauge its relevance? Uh, I think uh, there is, uh, if, if I, I would draw a, a two by two box, and in those two by two box, I would set up categories which would say urgency and non-urgent on one axis and important and not important on the other axis. And whatever falls in urgent and important, I would do myself. Whatever fall in urgent and not important, uh, I would pass it on for someone else to do. Whatever is not important, or I would say, how, whatever is not urgent and not important, obviously uh, would be put at the bottom of the list. And uh, so like the whole idea here is to prioritize the tasks in this nature. And if you do your uh, task prioritization, by setting up a box like this, uh, I guess you one can definitely put in each of these buckets the tasks that uh, need to be done. And that would help in realizing what needs to be done now and what needs or what can we can totally forget about. Yeah. And since we're cadets, I kind of want to ask about cadets. So, um, what would like an ideal cadet look like to you? What what traits are necessary, or you prefer in a cadet? Behave like a leader. Uh, a cadet is like I said. Uh, when you start, uh, see, when I was a cadet, I, we had something called uh, amongst uh, the evaluation that we were uh, put under was not just academic. We also had something called a measurement of officer-like qualities. And that officer-like qualities measurement was more of a subjective uh, evaluation uh, and based on how the individual behaved and how the individual uh, performed in, uh, in the activities. So uh, that's uh, where uh, I, I would say uh, the whole thing went. So, Working on board a ship uh, as a cadet for it's extremely important for the cadet to realize that although he is on board for learning, but uh, to be uh, a student, uh, the life on a ship is not theoretical. Life on a ship is totally practical, and that requires a cadet to fit in and do work at every level so that the person realizes that uh, three years or four years down the line when the cadet becomes an officer, 
he totally is aware of what needs to be done, what how much time it takes and what is required of people. So he becomes part of the team. He gets to learn the practical aspect of doing work. He learns the value of labor and all those things which are expected from a leader. So to me, a good cadet would be a person who is aspiring to take my position as a captain one day. But to get there, uh, the cadet has to go through all the steps, uh, maybe steps, I would say. But yes, you, those steps are essential at every stage. OK, so if someone, say, walked up to you in the hall of school one day who wasn't in the Marine Department and they, they asked you a question saying, I'm thinking about joining. Would you give me any advice of how to start? What, what, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, it, it uh, depends. Uh, a lot of things uh, come into play when a person has to look at making C as a career. Uh, I would definitely encourage because uh, for the simple reasons that uh, for the academic qualification that a seafarer carries, the money that he makes is definitely a lot higher than an equivalent qualification on a shore-based position would carry. That is, uh, but then uh, money is one aspect. The other aspect is the person's ability to withstand those conditions and live in those conditions, uh, and they go hand in hand. Uh, a person has to be able to uh, manage time. A person has to be able to manage himself uh, as an individual and as part of a team. Uh, like those are the things. Uh, if a person is cut out for those and ready to take that, uh, for sure, uh, the C can be a good career to follow. And how would you say safety has changed since you joined the industry? Interesting question here, because when I joined the industry, we the uh, there were lesser accidents. Uh, and that was simply because uh, people were more watchful of things in real sense of things. Uh, I've seen the culture change from there to uh, filling off sheets, checklists, and a lot of paperwork, uh, but disregarding actually what those that paperwork is expected to do for you. Uh, all the ship management uh, companies, they have kind of diverted diverted the responsibility which they technically own uh, to people on board the ships which required them to do a lot of things in a very short period of time but at the same time ensuring that uh, the ships or the ship's crew performs a whole lot of safety checks before every action over a period of time uh, the crew gets complacent and filling up those checklists and they do not really follow the safety checks that are really supposed to happen the checklists just get filled up and that is the biggest drawback that i see in safety so yeah uh, there i would say the standards have become more formalized they have become more documented uh, but overall in sense of uh, the number of accidents, I would say uh, there are more accidents happening even today than that was in the past. So uh, the documentation and 
paperwork has not really done much good as expected. Okay, and with that topic about safety on a vessel, um, I'd like to ask you what was one of the more unsafe um, things you saw in your career? And if you were to go back, how would you change that? Uh, well, you're putting me in a spot. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. Understood if you. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, uh, See, uh, when you're on a ship, a lot of time things get done uh, because it has to be done. Uh, yeah. So I would say one of the things that uh, as a cadet, uh, that uh, one is supposed to do is uh, read the drafts, particularly when the ship is to be loaded to a certain position, uh, certain uh, cargo weights are so as a cadet yes i was responsible for reading the drafts uh all around the ship so i was supposed to read six drafts uh three on the shore side and three on the offshore side and uh being able to do that quickly uh we used to do that check by going down on a monkey ladder, which is basically a rope ladder, uh, and with uh, cylindrical steps. Uh, they're like in a round, kind of a round bar, wooden bars. Uh, they're light to carry, easy to deploy, and uh, that's what makes it handy. So uh, as a cadet, uh, I would was being junior most person on board, I would hardly get the support of crew because the chief mate would expect me that, you know, you are the future officer, so you have to find a way to do it. And a lot of times uh, I would get hold of someone and the process would be to ensure that I would secure the ladder properly ensure that it is properly secured to the ship before going overside and making the draft. And at times uh, in the process of getting the drafts, I would tell the person, whoever was with me, to just stand on the step while I go over the side instead of just tying up the whole ladder in one place and then shifting it to the next. So yeah, I mean, I did that. Uh, as a cadet, I did go over the side with someone just stepping and putting his weight on the ladder and acting as the weight on rather than securing the ladder. So yeah, if I was to think of those, that's pretty risky. Yeah, uh, I am fortunate to have survived a couple of those situations, and, and I think yeah, I would probably not be doing that for sure. I think that was great. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much for your time, and um, hope to see you soon again. Thank you very yeah. much for the All right. Thank you so much. Uh, it was great to be uh, on this channel, and uh, uh, for sure, uh, the idea here, I guess, uh, if I could bring uh, the awareness of safety, uh, culture, and leadership issues, uh, which are deficient in the industry, that'll be uh, my contribution. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have a good day. Yeah, bye-bye.